Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the award-winning Saints Happy Hour podcast. Seriously, this podcast has won awards. American standards are dropping every day. The show features Ralph, the best host in the world, who can barely pronounce his own name, much less anyone else's. Marcus Colson, Colston, I mean, uh, Marcus Calloway. Dave is that dude who loves taking bathroom breaks. He's mad about almost anything, so make sure to lower your volume when he speaks. Put that freaking clown meme back up that I made. Jesus Christ. Andrew has sources, watches tapes, and knows football. He rarely shows up on time and wants to commit crimes to help the Saints win. Sean Payton would have done illegal things. Don't tell me I'm wrong, because you know it's true. Oh, and there's also Kevin, who is great at doing mock drafts, but struggles to actually watch Saints games or have a functioning relationship. Budrich wants to know how uh, the doctor's doing. That that ended. Anyway, grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy the insanity. <laughs> oh! Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If you're listening to the free version of this show, please go to saintshappyhour.com, subscribe, become a patron. You can get it as low as $7 a month. It's a great way to support the show if you listen to us on the free version. I promise it'll be the best $7 you spend all football season and you get access to our discord channel you get access to every podcast we do no commercials people hate the commercial you get no no commercials ever so you should totally do it so this show we got a friend of the program i wrangled the one the only (laughs) the king of saints podcast ross jackson you know him he's locked on saints we listen to him every day Ross, how you doing? Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thank you, buddy. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Always a pleasure when I get to chop it up with you and the boys. So here's my here's my theory. I know we're, we're, we're in July, right? And we're getting ready for camp. And me and you were going to talk all about camp. But mm-hmm. I see all, all, all the, the content people like us and you, especially because you do Locked on Saints. You're like us. You got to do it every day. Yeah. So you got to come <laughs> up with content. And I see people, you know, they're like, oh, it's this off season. It's so long. I can't wait for camp to get here. But I have a theory that Ross Saints fans, we've been spoiled with the off season mm-hmm. off seasons, because here's the thing. We haven't had a quiet off season since like 2019, maybe yeah, because you look a long time. You think about it this year. We had, where's Sean Payton going to go? Is he going to get a job? Is the saints going to get, are they going to get mm-hmm. draft picks? And the Sean Payton coaching search was wild, man. Yeah. Benjamin Albright going at him on Twitter and just oh twists gosh. and turns. Like <laughs> we're, we're watching. We did a whole, we did whole breaking news podcasts on saints happy hour of this is what Sean Payton warned the pregame on Fox. Does it give us any tips as to where he's going? We did that all of January, right? <laughs> yeah. So we had that for January. Then in February, we had Mardi Gras week, or mm-hmm. the, what was it the week before the week Mardi Gras started? The Saints visited with Derek Carr, and the yep. Saints came out and were like, Derek Carr is our guy. We are all in. Yep. February through the combine was all Derek Carr news to fill yep. the time. And then 
That's this this year. Then you get into the draft and you get into free agency. We're good, right? Last year, Sean Payton retires. We didn't. Nobody yeah. saw it coming. We had a coaching search, right? We had to. Then the Saints had to decide decide who they're going to do, what they're going to do at quarterback. They went after Deshaun Watson. I'll put that aside, whether that was a good idea or bad idea. But that was a whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Then. In 2020, you had COVID, and you're like, oh, my God, the Saints are over the cap. What are they going to do? They're going to reduce the cap. The whole Loomis math thing is up. So that's 2020. So really, the only really quiet offseason they had is 2019. So I think people, you think the offseason this year was long? Wait until next year if the Saints have a good year and they don't change coaches. And, and they're have, boring. Yeah, and they're boring. And, and, and the only thing we have. Stable. Yeah, it's like, what are we going to do to get under the cap? That's all I'm saying. Right. For me and you, that's bad. But as you get to, as you get and you look at this team and, and, and a lot of podcasts is what's going to be, what can go wrong? What can go right? When you look at the 2023 Saints, when you look at camp, because you're mm-hmm. gonna be, you're gonna be out there and you're gonna be looking at everything. What's the thing that you're gonna be looking at sort of every day? That because I know the storylines change, but what things yeah. you're, you're gonna have in always in the back of your mind that's like I'm looking at this every day, and it's not like we're gonna panic. You you won't panic. That panic is my brand, but <laughs> but you'll be monitoring this every day, kind of like this is a big thing. I'm watching this story every day to see how it progresses because I think it's important for the 2023 Saints. What's sort of your number one thing in camp you'll be watching every day? Yeah, the the low hanging fruit is is Derek Carr, right? Like mm-hmm. that that's always going to be the number one thing that you're looking. How is he, you know, in command of the offense? We got a really good glimpse of it during OTA's mini camp, and 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 by all accounts, good returns yeah. on all of that. But training camp will be another level, right? It's just it's just another mm-hmm. level. They get two uh, different examples of joint practices: one in uh, Orange County, uh, California; another here in uh, New Orleans with Houston coming to town and all that. Uh, so that's always that that'll be the number one thing. But to but to move that aside, because that's kind of a given for me, it's the offensive line. I yeah. mean, if we accept the idea that Trevor Penning was supposed to be the starter, was trending towards being the starter right. week one uh, last season, that would mean that the New Orleans Saints never got their starting five offensive line out on the field for a single snap together, much like their starting five secondary never played a single snap together uh, uh, you know, for a single uh, snap last season. And so what does the offensive line look like? Not, not just can they stay healthy, not, not all, not where's the depth, not all that, which that is still a big part of that conversation, but just the bare bones, (laughs) do they work? Does it work? You know, the collection of the five. And so I think that, you know, early on in training camp, we should be getting a glimpse of that. Everything that we've been told in terms of Cesar Ruiz and Andrus Pete, you always saw Andrus Pete out there during, uh, during mini camps, but uh, you know, and Trevor Pinning is that they're expected to at least be, around uh to begin training camp we've been told that they're going to be good to go for training camp we'll see if that's Mm -hmm. if that includes a ramp up and all these other things like we saw with ryan ramchek last last training camp but in any case we start to kind of get an get a glimpse of that and so i think that's the big thing that i'll be watching day in and day out is how is the offensive line performing especially july 31st when the pads actually go on on. and speaking of july 31st The trial date, of course, for Alvin Kamara. Oh, That's a I got storyline. Oh, we're gonna be we got. Awesome. We're gonna have all sorts like the breaking news siren here. Be going Ooh. crazy because we <laughs> got be we got Alvin Kamara. We have Marcus Trevor May Penning and Marcus May. You got mm-hmm. him. And my thing with the offensive line, just sort of micromanaging. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I got the I got the Saints locked on podcast at Lowe's, and I'm fighting traffic in Houston every day. 
My thing that Oof, I'm going to be paying yeah, attention. Yeah, you got a lot of traffic. I got a lot of traffic. I got, I got you every day. I feel like, feel like you, me, and you are like best pals because I'm like you're in the car. You're in with the, you're in the car with me every day. I would day. not disagree, buddy. Either, either 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 coming or going home. One of the two. I, I I know you probably like I'm working hard. I'm like Ross. I need I need two podcasts. I need one for the morning. I, hey, I need two more. days are coming back. Two days are coming back. Don't that's worry. right. I need, I need I need my morning. I need my morning lock on Saints and my and my evening. But my thing for the offensive line that I'm going to look at mm-hmm. is. Trevor Penning, just specifically, because I just look at him, Ross, and I think not that injuries are good during training camps because we'll freak out about him. But if a veteran guy gets injured, like like if James Hurst, just for example, if if he injures whatever and the Saints are like, listen, he's going to be out for a week and he's going to miss practice. We'd be like, eh, whatever. Just if as long as he's good, as long as he's healthy, the the final week of preseason and he gets good two weeks of practice before the Tennessee's. Tennessee yep. Titans it's fine but Trevor Penning to your point of they say he's going to be ready to go I just believe he's a guy he's got to practice and Can't I don't e- and I don't even really I'm not even worried about when you say hey Trevor Penning, Penning practiced and I thought he struggled today or he looked good right. that doesn't that's even irrelevant to me I just feel like he's a guy he's got to be out there every single day yeah and we yep. saw yep. it with we saw it with Jameis I think to bring it back he missed time with the foot and we were like oh it's Jameis he's a veteran he'll be fine like I just think Trevor Penning if he's not playing and he's not practicing that to me is the biggest like storyline that I'm focused in because I you like you said it like if he if he can't I guess my question to you is what level do you think Trevor Penning has to be in 2023 playing? If let's yeah. say he's, he's healthy and he plays, what level do you think he has to be at for you to say successful season? That's a good, that's looking like a good traffic. What level do you think he needs to be at? I think it's got to be better than James Hurst. I, yeah, I think that's, that's really, you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. really what you're looking for. You don't need him to be Teron Armstead. It'd be great if he mm-hmm. is. You're not going to be mad at that. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be like, oh, darn, he's as good as Teron <laughs> But, like, you know, it, it, he's got to be better than James Hurst. He has to be an improvement of what their alternative is. But it's not like if Trevor Penning goes out there and, you know, uh, you know, struggles and, you know, you get three games in and then you have to turn to James Hurst or something like that. Like, it, at least you have that. But it's not like a situation where you're going to be able to say, okay, no problem. We'll just go get a better left tackle somewhere <laughs> you no, don't have that right. option you know no. what I mean so so he's got to be better than the alternative and the only mm. alternative are the other guys in the roster and so as long as he's able to do that so I think that there's that piece but the other piece of it is that as long as he progresses throughout the season and we see him get better and better and better mm. and better so that means that he starts off a little bit better than James Hurst and maybe he ends you know a, a considerable amount better right. than James Hurst or whatever like you know you just want to see that you just want to see the growth you want to see the trajectory to be upward and you'd love to see see him stay healthy because that was the other piece as good as Teron Armstead was you just never knew if there was going to be a chunk of six games where you didn't yes. have him you know what I mean that's and right. then that that pesky you know pectoral muscle injury and, right. and stuff like that you know what I mean like you just never knew and as good as Teron Armstead is who's like hall of fame level left tackle in my opinion or, or can be if he continues the good trajectory in Miami then I, I think you know, as good as he is, you still worried about whether or not he was going to be available. So if you can eliminate that with Trevor Pinning, which look, dislocated toe injury to start his first year, <laughs> Liz Frank injury to end his first year, right. not a great track record so far, but no. 
if you're able to get past that and you're able to keep him on the field, then I, I think that that's really what you need for you to be able to say, okay, successful 2023 for Trevor Penning and the New Orleans Saints. Well, I, I just think eventually this injury plague that the Saints have, eventually, Ross, it has to it's lift. It's got to stop. It right? It's, it's got to stop at some point. <laughs> I was doing my, I was right, I was doing, preparing for my WWL like training camp preview. They were like, hey, we need, mm-hmm. the, we need ideas. And I was thinking of quarterback. The Saints haven't had a, a healthy quarterback start the year and end the year since 2018. Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy yeah. in, in bad luck. But the one thing with the Saints that I think is, well, a lot of things are interesting, but the one thing that I look at is besides injuries mm-hmm. that could sort of not derail the season, but make it sort of, a really hard, a really difficult slog to get to above eight wins, let's say, is I look at this defense. We love Demario Davis, love Camp Jordan, love Teron Matthew, but they got a lot of guys on this defense that are older. And you know this as well as I do, like football players, it isn't sort of this like baseball or basketball where it's they hit 31, 32, 33, right. gradual decline, gradual right. decline, gradual decline. Oh, he's kind of old and washed and it just kind of eases into football. It's like you decline a little, decline a little more and boom, you're done. Like you're yeah. either injured and you can't get back or you just like don't have it. And I would use the example of in 2011, John Stinchcomb, he went to camp I mean, with the I mean, Saints. You were say and he just was like, he came, he went to camp like one by, he's like, by the way, I'm done. It's Zach yeah. Street's job. I'm yeah. out. We saw and the same just, thing with uh, Patrick Robinson a couple yeah. of Patrick Robinson a couple of years ago, too. Yeah, he's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm good. I got the money. See y'all. But but that's the concern. Is like you got it. The Saints have an older roster. Who on the defense would you say of the older guys? Mm-hmm absolutely the saints cannot have a have a fall off a cliff like what's the you can only pick one so Mm -hmm. what's a guy that you say he's got to maintain or be close to the level we expect him to be yeah and and by older guys you mean we'll we'll use the the 30 year old benchmark right okay so i would i would i mean I have to go with the premier position on the defensive side. I got to go with the edge defender and Cam mm-hmm. Jordan. You know, Cam, yeah. Cam Jordan's got to be the guy. I mean, I, I'm really close to going with Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. I think Tyron Matthew can be a very, very important piece to this off to this defense. But they have so much athleticism on the back end. Mm-hmm. There's so many of these guys right now that are on the roster for the New That's Orleans right. Saints that are like at the top of their list on like active, you know, passes defense across right. the NFL and stuff like that. Like they're they're pretty good. And so when I look at the middle of the field, you look at linebacker, Pete Werner's really talented, DeMarco Jackson, somebody that's really talented as well. Neither of them are DeMario Davis. However, linebacker is just kind of one of those lower, I say that with, with heavy quotation marks, impact positions. Edge defender, that's the guy that's trying to stop the quarterback right. from throwing the football. That's the guy that's trying to be the first line of defense day in and day out. And then that symbiotic relationship between the defensive line and the secondary gets aided by your ability to generate pressure with the defensive line, particularly with your front four. So with all that said, and then knowing that Cam Jordan effectively right now is, I think it's fair to say is the face of the franchise. 
He's, you know, you could probably, you might be able to slot Derek Carr into that soon, but he's got to play a year first, in my opinion. That's right. But that's kind of who that's, that's who Cam Jordan is. And he's the leader, not just for the defense, but he's the heartbeat for the team. So I think that's a guy that's got to maintain, right? Seven and a half sacks in every season since the 2012 year, 2011 was the one exception, his rookie season where he had one sack. That's right. A little bit more of like a five tech run stopper role. And then they moved him into that pass rusher role. And then he's been lights out ever since the guys missed two games in his entire career once because of COVID and the other because of a fractured orbital bone. And Ralph, Ralph, I'll tell you, they really had to fight the guy. He was so, he was so, he was so mad last year. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great thing to see, but I think he's like a one percenter in a sense. I think 99 out of a hundred guys would be like, y'all are like four and nine. I broke the orbital (laughs) bone. I'm just going to be, I'm going to take a couple weeks. I'm going to just chill for a second. I'm going to just chill. He was heated. He He was was heated on the Twitter. He's like, They're like, are you good to go? He's like, I'm good to go, but they're telling me I can't go. I was like, I was like, wow. He's, he's he's like, he's like spilling the tea on the Twitter out here. He, he was heated. But the thing is guys, all sports guys, but especially football players, because Mm -hmm. everybody knows how violent the sport is. Yeah. That consecutive game sheet, you know, it meant a lot to him. You know, it did. It meant a ton. It meant a ton. 100%. You know, 100%. I'm going to tell you a storyline that I think, because this is, I, we, I, we straight out uh, borrowed this from you. You, you put it on Twitter. Good. You said, you said, what storyline are we sleeping on? Mm, and yeah. I did it on a podcast. And I want your thoughts on my, on mine. I think we're sleeping on the special teams in a sense. Of, I heard you say this. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they such were, a good, such a good pick. They were dreadful last year. Will Lutz, if you go by advanced statistics, he's the worst kicker in football, right? If you and, go by if you go by base statistics, he's yeah. the second worst, right? He's the like second worst, 70, right? 74.1%. Yeah, right? like there's no saving. And it. Gilligan was amazing as a rookie, but he was bad last year. So I think there's I don't I think Will Lutz is the favorite, and I think he'll have to lose the job. But I think kicker and punter is something that we're gonna watch. And you know. It may not be a thing where they make a change for week one, but tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think kicker and punter for the Saints have an incredibly short rope. Like, I don't think, I think Will Lutz, his sort of, you're the veteran guy, you've made a bunch of kicks for us. If you struggle for three, four weeks, we're going to let you work through it. I believe his bank account now is empty. I think he's going to be kicking for he's like he's kicking for his job in the preseason and he's kicking for his job early in the year. Like he struggles at best. He's going to be kicking for his job on a Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. And I do think there's a legitimate battle to be had at kicker between him and Blake Groupie, the undrafted free agent that they brought in from Notre Dame. They they like the guy a lot. The guy's like five, seven, one sixty, <laughs> and is just like the teeniest, tiniest guy out on the field. It's like watching Deontay Hardy kick field goals, right? Like it's that <laughs> it's that stature. But man, he can boom him. He can yeah. boom him. And so like they they like him a lot. But I think you're right. I think that there is a gap between Will Lutz and Blake Groupie that is considerable and that it would be Will Lutz's job to lose. But I do think that we start to see a little bit of like 
like the length of the leash on these guys, the length of the rope on these guys is akin to what it would have been with Sean Payton, right? Sean Payton that's hated right. kickers that missed field goals. Yeah, that's why they cycled through like six kickers a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. all that stuff that the year that uh, Will Lutz was dealing with that injury. And so I think you might see that that leash is there or that 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 short rope, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, is there if there starts to you know gather some concern over the course of time. And I think the thing that you want to see Blake Gilligan get better at is pinning offenses back in game in key situations. He had some beautiful punts last year. He had some terrible punts last year. He had some that some that he shanked and he had some that he shanked in really pivotal moments. That's right. Like really pivotal moments. And so I, I think if you can get back to one of the things that made Thomas Morstead so special was his ability to locate the ball in pressure situations, pin you back when you're, when your offense is trying to drive uh, you know, and the Saints defense is protecting a six point lead. He's making you start on a 99 yard drive. He's making you start on a 98 yard drive, whatever. That's what Thomas Morstead did so incredibly well throughout his tenure here in New Orleans. You want to see that from Blake Gilligan. And he's going to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a competition himself. Lou Headley, the Australian punter that came in. I like to call him the thunder from down under until he tells me he doesn't like it. Uh, and, you know, I think that he's a guy that's going to come in. He's got a big leg, big time leg. We just need to see the, the ball location. We didn't get to see a lot of that during OTAs. I think the two out of the three OTAs we went in the indoor facility. You ain't, you ain't learning nothing about a punter in the indoor facility. It's not happening. It's not happening. The roof's too low and all that. So I, I do think that like special teams wise, that's going to be big. And that helps the defense and in turn helps the offense. Like special teams continues to have all that. So there's that piece of it, but then there's the, the returner piece of it, you know, the punt return piece, the, the kick return piece. Can you put uh, 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 Derek Carr and the, the offense in manageable situations like the special teams unit did against Green Bay a couple of years ago in Jameis Winston's first start, that's right. that 38 to three game. Like special teams are such a big part of that on both sides of it. So I, I completely agree. I think that's going to be a big piece. You know, and I'm, a, I'm curious to see too with the return game because Rashid Shahid, his height, his hype train is, is, I mean, I saw rankings. It can't people, go any faster. It can't, it can't go, go any faster, faster right now. <laughs> the, the, the great Nick Underhill is like ranking the roster that he's like East 13 on my top 20. I was like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> like we're, we're, it's, it's great. It's out of control. But that's another thing I'm going to watch is I'm curious to see if you guys that are out there at training camp are like, Shahid is so good that will the do the saints sort of do the saints have a tough decision to make where they're like man he's so good we we can't we can't have him return kicks or is he so good at kicks they're like we got to let him do it so i'm going to be curious to see if he takes that leap <laughs> does punt returner kick return does that stay on his list of duties right yeah and and i wonder how the new kick return rules in particular impact mm. that right like do you instead of trying to maximize your return do you just try to maximize your ability to be able to field the ball cleanly on those kickoff situations take the fair catch start at the 25 and then and then do it and then maybe you see something on tape in 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 particular matchups where hey they cover this in a certain way i think we know how to take advantage of whether it's you know darren rizzi and and graziano (laughs) and these other guys that are like hey hey, you know the masterminds that they are in that in that area of the game there's something we can take advantage of here let's let's return and so maybe that in part kind of impacts that to where you see Rashid Shahid out there still returning kicks or as the primary right. kick returner so they can utilize him sparingly. But otherwise, he might just be calling fair catches and taking them at the 25. 
But then the punt return game, I think, is one to where you're pretty comfortable letting him letting him go for it and then seeing what you can get from it. So I, I think that it, it kind of depends upon what that workload ends up looking like and how the, the rule changes and kick returns impact that. But I think it's going to be hard to keep, especially with Malik Flowers no longer an That's option, right. right? They moved on from him. He's the guy that had the FCS all-time kick return record tied with Rashid Shahid uh, right. coming out of Montana. He's not on the roster anymore. Doesn't mean that he won't be back but he's not on the roster presently. So right now you don't really have another option unless you want, unless you toot, toot the Tay train and let Taysom Hill, <laughs> you know, get downhill and let him do it, which we've seen success from that before. That's right. Uh, but, but I don't think that, especially as long as Michael Thomas and Chris Olave are healthy, that Rashid Shahid's offensive role will be so much that they were, that they can, that they have concerns about risking him in the punt return and kick return duties, especially if he's not kick returning a ton, but then the extra compound comes. What if by week 13, one of those guys is down That's and right. Rashid Shahid needs to take a larger volume and he moves from being a, you know, all around guy on the offensive side to being your flanker, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're off the line of scrimmage receiver that's trying to ward off press coverage and, and stretch the field. Then all of a sudden he's got a larger role. Do you then have a conversation about how you go about it differently then? So it might change based upon game situation and things like that. But I don't think at least to start, they'll take any of those responsibilities away from him early in the year. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. You know, you mentioned receiver. You, you were throwing out names. I got to say, like, the Saints at receiver, I made a joke that during the Cleveland game when the, when, when, when Andy Dalton was throwing and balls were bouncing off of uh, guys helmets. And, and I, I have a feeling that Pete Carmichael, I made a joke that he turned to Dennis Allen. And he's like, Dennis, I'm never going through again. Do this again. You got to fix this. And, and Dennis is like, don't worry, buddy. I got you. I got they, got you. Four, they got 14 dudes on the roster. And like Ross, like I'm not saying they're all going to be great, but Brian Edwards is an NFL guy. Keith Kirkwood, I make fun of him, but he's bounced around. Kiki Kute. Like these guys are NF, they've made some, they've, they've been around. James Washington is another one. Like yep. wide receiver is going to be one of the really interesting camp battles because you can only keep so many. I know you got the practice squad. You can bring uh, them up yeah. and down, but it's going to be real interesting. I I was, I was, I was going to run to the, to run to the, uh, the roster for the, 2021 season and just remind <laughs> everyone what that wide receiver room looked like but never mind we're not going to worry about it Ooh, everyone it knows, <laughs> 2020, everyone knows. 2021 the receiver room was so bad that when was they, rough when they signed kenny stills i was excited i was like right he can't be that bad he, he'll have a little something left he's a 30 40 catch guy he'll be fine no 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 he was totally cooked so that's what it was they just they yeah. they, they, they were they were tired of it ross they they're just yes. gonna eat all the receivers they may try trade for hunter renfro but of all those guys on the list, who's a guy that you look at, whether it's, and remember they drafted Perry, right? Mm -hmm. So who's a guy that you're looking at and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to be watching him because he's going to be 
interesting. That's maybe you can count Perry or Washington, but don't count the, the don't count the top guys, Olave, mm-hmm. Thomas, those guys. Who's one of these wide receivers you're you're interested in? Am I allowed to say Brian Edwards in this yeah, exercise? Yeah, yeah is yeah. Brian Edwards okay? Because because I think Brian Edwards is one of the ones that I'll definitely be watching. At Perry's absolutely on there. I'm going to be really interested to see where Lynn Bowden fits in. Do they use him as a running back? Do they use him as a wide receiver? Or is he Ty Montgomery again? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a maybe that's a guy too that they kind of mix in at returner potentially. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, he's gonna be one of those guys. But but Brian Edwards is really the one that I'm gonna be most focused on immediately, along with AT Perry. I think the big battle between the big bodied guys, which leaving Michael Thomas out of that conversation because there's no battle when it comes to him, but Brian Edwards. Uh, A.T. Perry, Shaq Davis, and then I'll throw Traquan Smith in there as being the six foot one, six foot two or above 200 pound guys. That's going to be, I think, one of the most intriguing battles because there might be four of those guys battling for a roster spot, maybe two roster spots, maybe a practice squad spot. You know, A.T. Perry probably forces (laughs) it to be an extra roster spot as opposed to just a a, a practice squad spot. But I think those are the guys that I'm going to really be watching. And the reason why I like Brian Edwards so, so much is one, just like we talk about with Foster Moreau, the tight end, he's got the chemistry, the familiarity, all of that with with Derek Carr. He's lined up a ton on the outside and on the inside on both the strong and weak sides mm-hmm. of offenses in that Las Vegas Raiders offensive scheme with Derek Carr, which is very similar to That's what right. the New Orleans Saints are running. Just the language is different. Um He's a guy that has run a ton of different routes. He has a lot of success in, the, in those spots as well when he's in an offense that supports that. The issue is... Can he, can he solidify the hands a little bit? And you're asking the same question about A.T. Perry, who had a lot of focus drops coming out of Wake Forest, but still had 120-plus catches in each of the last two seasons. So not, not enough to be super concerned when he was getting the volume, but he's not going to have that kind of volume here, at least not right away. The big thing for him is can he win the 50-50 balls? Because he's got to take the 50-50 opportunities and at least turn them into 55-45, right? He's got to give you that advantage. And so I'm really interested to see A.T. Perry when the pads come on in particular and the game feels a little bit more like the game as opposed to when they're out there in pajamas and helmets. <laughs> and I think like that's the big thing. I think oftentimes we think about the the helmet or the, the pads going on being an advantage to the defensive guys, but it brings the offensive guys back to, okay, this is what it's like to play football as opposed to, you know, Turkey day football or whatever. <laughs> and so I think like, that's a big opportunity for him as well. When, once the pads go on. So those are the two that are really, really be watching once we, once we begin, but I'm ready to be surprised, but some of these other guys as well, especially Shaq Davis, the, uh, the undrafted free agent out of South Carolina state university, but he's, he's one of those like Emmanuel Butler types. He could be yeah, the right. star that doesn't make the <laughs> roster. If he can't show you what he can do on special teams. Well, the, the thing that's that's interesting to me is these free these undrafted free agents and James Washington, let's say, as an example, or even Brian mm-hmm. Edwards, like they can kind of cook a little bit during training camp, and the Saints can say, you know what, we can we can cut them and we can sneak them through, sign them to the practice spot, it'll be okay. But when you have a drafted guy like Perry, he's basically first preseason game, Ross. He catches two passes for fifty yards and a touchdown. He's basically uncuttable. Because uh, because a a, a team will will say he's a draft pick. If the Saints cut him, we're taking a look at him. So that's where I think it's most interesting to me with Perry is he's just one of those guys because he's a rookie and and teams will take another chance on him. He's just one of, he's really one of those when when, when we talk about, you can't snake him through waivers and fans were 90% of the time. You definitely can. He's one of the guys you can't. So I'm just really interested. Like I'm serious. Like, first preseason game he has even a moderately interesting game just pencil it in just be like yeah. pen in pen he's he's on the roster 
Yeah, completely agree. And that's one of the, like I mentioned earlier, like A.T. Perry probably makes you keep an extra wide receiver. Like if he's, if he starts out really well and then you have, you know, let's say Brian Edwards performs extremely well and you, you have a guy like Lynn Bowden who kind of serves two positions on one roster spot, or maybe even Kirk Merritt, same thing. He's working with the running backs all off season. We'll see if that changes when they actually have the full mm. like number yeah. of running backs. Cause you know, Benjamin wasn't participating. Kendra Miller wasn't participating. Uh, Alvin Kamara wasn't participating all that, at least during OTAs. And then, um, so, so you look at A.T. Perry as a guy that's like, okay, well, A.T. Perry could be the difference between the Saints keeping a, a fifth wide receiver or a sixth wide receiver, depending upon what the classification is for, you know, a guy like Kirk Merritt or a guy like Lynn Bowden. And so I, I do think that he's one of those guys that like changes the fabric of your roster if he and one of those veterans each have like excellent training camps and excellent preseason showings. And that's, that's potentially a good thing. This is a team yeah. that has gone into seasons oftentimes with either four or five wide receivers and it's, it's turned around and bitten them in the butt within the first three weeks. In a couple of occasions, especially last year when you had yeah. both Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry go down in that week three game against the Carolina Panthers. And so I, I think that that becomes a big piece of it in addition to how you utilize the practice squad. I'm going to make a crazy prediction. I think Please. the Saints are going to be so good and so deep at wide receiver. They're going to flip one of these wide receivers for like a conditional seventh. Instead of the roster cut? Yeah. Instead yeah. of the roster cut, because you're going to yeah. have some team that's going to have injuries. Yep. And they're going to be like, we got to get a body in here. Yep. And, and you're going to, their saints are going to flip one of these receivers, James Washington, whoever, for like a conditional seven. There won't be anything, but that's where they are. But you mentioned another guy. And I want to say it's the saints first win of 2023. Foster Moreau. Yeah. Cancer, cancer free, which is just freaking, incredible. We're just freaking amazing. Yeah. And I want, because you are one of these people you you're you're so good and you watch that you watch more tape than me i admit i i watched the tape but i gave it up years ago because it just it hurts my brain and i feel like my thing is jokes and i don't need the tapes to cl- <laughs> i don't need these tapes to clutter up to clutter up yeah, my jokes get in the way of my brand tapes. that's right it's right yeah. it's like the brand yeah. like because then i think of it and I, and I don't think of jokes first i'm like well you know they were run- when i when i when i when i watch them, I just, well they run in this and, and i'm like yeah. no, no 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 i need ignorance and i just need to make the joke but <laughs> But I do think this, as far as my, my, limited, my limited tape watching, and this is why I think Farsa Moreau is such a good signing loss. And you can feel free to blow it out the water. But I really no, think that if the, Saints, if the Saints are doing well, and it's going like we think it can because the schedule mm-hmm. is crummy and the right. NFC South is terrible, the NFC is kind of terrible. If it's going really well and it's going like we envision it, the Saints are going to be hitting these shot plays, Olave. Maybe not Michael Thomas as much, but you have a lot of it. You have Shahid, you have mm-hmm. Jawan Johnson in the scene. You're going to have these teams hitting, you're going to have the Saints hitting these shot plays. And I think what teams are going to do is they're going to get tired of that very quickly. And their solution is going to be, oh, Derek Carr, you've hitting, you're hitting these, you're averaging 35 yards a touchdown the last three weeks. You know what, buddy? We're playing cover two. We're, yeah. We are, yeah. we are yeah. not yeah. going to let you, we're not letting Olave beat us over the top like the, like like Tampa did two weeks before. That's not happening anymore. And I think teams are going to go to cover two. But I, Foster Moreau, he's not going to be a featured guy. But what he is, is he's going to be Pete's ability is to say, oh, you go to cover two. Guess what, buddy? 12 personnel is coming at you. Yeah. And you got a choice. You either try to guard our tight ends with a corner or with a smaller safety. And we're going to beat you that way up the seam. Or you're going to go light in the second. You're going to play five, six defensive back. Guess what? 
you're getting a mouthful of this running game, which yep. the Saints kind of want to do. And I think that's going to be my interesting point of view. And that's why I love the Foster Morosa is, is fantastic. But I wonder, what do you think of my theory? And what do you think of his season? How do you think it's going to be? Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Is, you know, and, and that's exactly the thing that you want to challenge these defenses to do. It's one of the reasons why we're seeing so many of these offenses go and make sure that they're, they're too deep at running back. And it's not just because they want the committee style of having the the scat back and the the power back. They want to be able to say, okay, well, if you're doing that, then we can do this. And so mm-hmm. when these defenses do that and they shift to bringing up the two high safeties or they go to these nickel packages and things like that, which the Saints averaged 4.9 yards per carry last year mm-hmm. against nickel coverages. That was a big thing, or excuse me, against nickel. And then I think it was like five plus against dime, which they didn't, they didn't see very often, especially with the injuries at wide receiver. But when they saw light boxes, they were able to, they were able to do it. They didn't see it a ton, but when they saw it, they were able to win. And so I think that you'll see a, a lot more of that if teams are doing it. But now, not only do you have Alvin Kamara that you'll be able to go to for some number of games, potentially in 2023, but Kendra Miller, Jamal Williams, who mm-hmm. if you're going to have a light box, what better running back to give the hand the ball over to <laughs> than right. Jamal Williams? You know that's what right. I mean? And so there's a lot of different ways they could go against all that. And then similarly, one of the reasons why I like your, your, your thoughts around uh, Foster Moreau is that, all go specials back. Everybody's got That's their right. landmarks. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Where does this, and then you have a guy that can see that, a guy that can read that in Derek Carr and understand, okay, that safety is leveraging towards the outside. So the seam's wide open to a guy that I have thrown this pass to hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of times in Foster Moreau. And don't, don't get it twisted. Juwan Johnson's right there as a part of it too. So everything's there. Can they execute it? We'll have to see on the field. But in terms of what we're looking at, it it makes a lot of sense. I think that Foster Moreau's season is one that probably hovers into the, I, I would I would go so far as to say 40 or so catches Ooh, on the season. I like that. It can hover there. That would be a higher volume than the Saints have targeted tight ends in a long time, though, because you have to wonder where's Juwan Johnson in that case, the guy who caught, what was it, 50, 50 plus balls yeah. last year? He had over, it was 508 yards. I think it was around 40 something catches. Seven touchdowns. Catches. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to wonder, okay, so where's Juwan Johnson in that, but the targets are going to be there. If this team does what we can look at the new Orleans saints off season moves and say that they're trying to do, which is they want to throw the damn ball. Like they want to be able to do it. So if you're going to, if you're going to strap up and if you're going to build you know, add mm. all these weapons, and if you're going to put yourself in a situation to do it, then you better might as well do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a place where you could see that. So 30, 40 catches for Foster Moreau, but his ability as an additional, you know, run blocker, his ability as an additional pass blocker, those are going to be things that are continue to highlight in his game as well. And because he can do that, he's going to get on the field. And remember when the saints drafted Adam Troutman a couple of years ago, the first thing that Sean Payton said was we want to get more 12 personnel out there. Well, Pete Carmichael's still the OC. He still wants to be able (laughs) to utilize that 12 personnel as well. And even when he's not getting one of those pass catching tight ends out there in 11 personnel where you have the three wide receivers and you've got three, you know, you got a three by one set. So you got two receivers and a tight end on one side. You have your weekend or your split, um, your split end uh, weak side Mm -hmm. wide receiver on his lonesome. And then you have that tight end that crosses the middle of the field to hit that, that hash mark and that landmark over on the opposite side. Those are the things the Saints want to see back in their offense, and they're better equipped now to do it than they have been probably, especially at tight end, 
since I mean, is it fair to say since Jimmy Graham? I mean, you think about like Kobe Flinger, ben Wa- Michael Hall, ben, ben Watson, ben had, Watson. That, had that crazy year where he set career highs. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, maybe that. I'm bullish on Jawan Johnson, and I know I the fan too. the fantasy guys are like, oh, they have TD regression, but this one thing it just sticks out, and I think it might have been even you mentioned it on Saints on Locked on Saints, or maybe it was it was something you had wrote, but I, I, it just struck me with Jawan Johnson. It was like he. We work so hard. He's like helping the Saints training staff, like pick up clothes in yes. the locker room. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a level of commitment that he's like, I'm never going back. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I am going to do whatever it takes to stay in this league. And I just think he's a guy, I don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to be, he's going to have something new this year. He's mm-hmm. going to be one of these guys that's going to add something. And he's, I think he's going to go up on a level, not a pro bowl or whatever, but he's going to take the next step with this offense. But Saints happy hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. That's saintshappyhour.com. A couple more questions for you is... Before we get to sort of a season, sort of not a prediction, but an outlook is when you look at this defense, if I told you, because I know you're high on Elante Taylor, we are, the Mm -hmm. secondary is really interesting, but I think a guy that I'm fascinated with is Carl Granderson. Yeah. In that last year, Davenport was kind of so bad that you looked up and you were like, Granderson's they're not playing Davenport. They're playing, they're playing Granderson all the time. And he's added this weight and his pass rushing maybe has not, not progressed like you thought, but he's holding up against the run, which is number one thing That's for Dennis huge. Allen. You better, yeah. you better, Dennis Allen, you, if you don't set the edge, you're not playing. So, <laughs> so right. So you just looked up and, and we were looking at snap counts. I'm like, Granderson's playing all the time. So I just look at this defense. We talk about Alante Taylor breaking out, but, but, I look at Granderson as my sort of breakout guy and he can, because listen, mm-hmm. in the NFL, every sack you get is a million dollars. So if he gets five, six, seven, eight sacks, he's hitting free agency. He's going to get eight, $9 million a year in free agency. That's just how it works. Look at Caden Ellis. He had seven sacks, four of them against two teams with horrible offensive lines. He got 7 million a year from Atlanta. Right? right. So, but he's sort of my breakout guy on defense. Who's your guy that you think, is going to take that next step on defense. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me say real quick the the Juwan Johnson report uh, of him helping the equipment staff pick up. It was it was a Nick article. Nick wrote that. Oh, okay. Uh, and everything. I, I wanted to double check because I had read this. I had read the same thing, but I was like, I don't remember who wrote it, but it was Nick. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing about the idea of like we used to talk about how you know one sack equals a billion dollars. What does that mean for Marcus Davenport, who had a half sack and he had $14 <laughs> yeah, million? Dollars. I don't know. Each sack is $2 million for this. The, kid? Accepts, like, the exception on. proves the rule. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Yeah, because we look at that and we go, what is happening? You know uh, what it is? But, I watched the 20 set, I watched the 2019 
or was it or it was the 2019 Saints Vikings game I think yeah 2018 Marcus Davenport had like two amazing plays yeah and then it was just and they were just burnt into it burnt into, into Minnesota the, the personnel <laughs> guys had. But go ahead but go ahead yeah so my 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 kind of breakout guy that I'm looking at this year I don't know if it counts it's hard to say because there's so many of these really good starters that are already there, right? You're not going to call Marshall Latimer, Marcus May, Tyra Matthew breakout guys. Same thing for Pete Werner, Demario Davis. So Carl Granderson is, is really at the top of my list. Alante Taylor can be there if he wins that role for sure. But I'm really interested to see what happens with DeMarco Jackson, the, mm-hmm. the Saints fifth round pick linebacker from a, a draft class ago who missed his rookie season and he's coming in this year. He's legitimately right now, unless they bring in a veteran, which we know the Saints love to bring in linebacker veterans, Nigel Bradham, James Laurinaitis, mm-hmm. like they've done oh this year God. after year after year. Yeah, there's some names for you. Don't, Dan don't Morgan, down, like twice. Right, right, yeah, don't let me go down the list of veteran running backs they brought in, you oh. know, Shane Vereen and Mike oh. Gillisley and all these other guys. Uh, but, you know, assuming that they don't do that or, or, or assuming he continues to perform, like he's the guy right now I'll say this very specifically behind DeMario Davis and, and Pete Werner, the guy beside DeMario Davis and Pete Werner right now is Zach Bond, the guy that's playing the third linebacker, strong safety role, but DeMarco Jackson's getting the green dot on the helmet. He's got the communication device. He's doing all the setup. He's doing the play call, not the play calling, but you know, calling the shots and things like that for the defense. When it comes to mini camps, OTAs, I think that will carry over into training camp. So if he ends up being somebody that just, gets that role and, and and is solidly that guy, it might be a little bit hard to keep him off the field if he really proves that. Because And, and the reason mm-hmm. why I mentioned that is because he could be that Caden Ellis type that you mm-hmm. leverage as a supplementary second-level pass rusher. He was a massively productive on-ball guy at App State. He was the guy that was, was C-ball, go after the ball. He was there to stop the run. He was there to rush the passer, all of those things. And, and now he's showing you what he can do in coverage. He's got to stop the feet shuffling a little bit. Mike Dettelier talked about that not too long ago. And so I think that there's like a little bit of those things you want to see improve. But if, if he becomes a guy that shows you all of that, him and Zach Bond end up kind of splitting some snaps situationally, depending upon what it is that the Saints are mm. wanting to do in any game situation. And that could elevate his role as being a supplementary guy as opposed to just a reserve guy. And I think that that's where he has the opportunity to really have a breakout. So in addition to a guy like Carl Granderson, who it's all right there in front of him, he was arguably the Saints' best run defender last year, even scored higher than Cam in those, yeah. in, in those situations. I, I think that that's one of those big pieces to where He's got everything ready for him to be able to do it. He should be the guy to get the first snap opposite Cam Jordan week one at the edge rusher position. So I think that he's solidly set to break out as a starter. Alante mm-hmm. Taylor could be that guy as well. But then the other guy that's kind of in that mix, I think, is DeMarco Jackson. Yeah, and the interesting thing with me for the Saints is the struggle, which we'll get to Dennis Allen the season in just a second. But to me, last year, he was – as impressive as he's ever been as a defensive coordinator, because you look at yeah. what the Saints did. They had no pass rush, none. Right. And Dennis Allen was just like, oh, I got no pass rush. Davenport's terrible. It's not, we're going to, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to blitz linebackers. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to use both of them. And Caden Ellis, you're going to not going to know if he's, you're not going to know if he's coming. You're not going to know if the other linebacker's coming. And it worked. And the Saints are top five in sacks. And you look at it, it's like, how, how is this yeah. possible? So yeah. I just think maybe his, finest job as defensive coordinator and oh by the way he sort of took the reins from the mm-hmm. defense i mean because you look R- richards and um 
uh, Ryan oh, Nielsen. Nielsen, mm-hmm. they, they kind of the Saints kind of like let them both go, and he took the reins back because he wasn't going how he wanted it to go. Right. Right. So, which that leads me to my final question, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. I believe the 2023 Saints, Ross Jackson, have absolutely no excuses to win, and I'm going to tell you why, because you can't. They can't even use injuries again as an excuse because. If they get injured again and the injury plague, which we mentioned at the top of the show, if it doesn't lift, well, then you got to say, listen, we've had this roster. It's been injured for three years in a row. Right. We got to get new players because they can't stay healthy. So to me, the injuries isn't an excuse. So if they do not get this done and are not a 10 win team and a playoff team, I think serious changes have to be put in, not maybe not firing coaches, but this roster, they got to look at it because eventually, if you go three years without making the playoffs and you're injured again or whatever, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's insanity. So I mm-hmm. believe the saints have no excuses for 2023. Where do you sit on the expectations for the saints in 2023? And then I'll let you get out of here. Now you're good. R- Ralph, do you remember the movie holes? It's like an old Disney movie with Shia LaBeouf. Vaguely, vaguely. There, there was a character in that movie called Sam. And, and, and Sam was a guy to where every time that somebody would say something, he would say, I can fix that. That was, that was, kind, of his, that was kind of his line. That's kind of who Dennis Allen was last year. With That's the right. Defense. You know, That's right. oh, we can't get a pass rush right now because, you know, we're not getting it. We're not generating with the front four. I can fix that. Oh, we're not getting any turnovers. So we need to keep points off the board. I can fix that. Oh, we have an injured quarterback and we've had quarterback injuries. What did they have? Like, Five, five new right. starting quarterbacks in the last two years. I can fix that. He went out and got a guy who's missed two two games due to injury over the course of That's his right. entire career, with the exception of the two games in which the Raiders effectively gave up on him out loud last year. So I, I think that that's where I, I look at Dennis Allen is that he's done a lot of the, I can fix that. So he's done a lot of the repairs, right? The the wide receiver room, like we just talked about, like how, mm-hmm. what a what a massively improved room. The tight end room is massively improved this year. The running back room is massively improved this year. So it's all there. And so I completely agree. You've done all the fixes. You've, you've seen all of the things that this team has struggled to be able to do started a record number of starters two years ago. They've had a record number of injuries. I'm sure over the last two years, no way they haven't outside of like a couple of body bag seasons that (laughs) teams had, but goodness gracious. And so I think you have to look at this team and say, okay, You've improved the roster to the best of your ability. You've filled holes. That's where the defensive line question mark kind of comes in. David Onyemata left. Malcolm, Ro- no, I'm sorry, Malcolm Roach is so here. Shai Tuttle left. Uh, Kentavia Street left. Marcus Davenport left. But I think you did a good job addressing those positions, bringing in guys like Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard, who's top 10 in pass rush win rate last year at his position, mm-hmm. meaning one-on-one opportunities he's been winning. That that's that's basically what you're looking for. They add the number one overall recruit in his recruiting class in Brian Brzee, who I know didn't have the college career that he uh, that that people expected. But context matters in terms of why with injury, family stuff, all the things that he kind of had to battle throughout all that. Uh, Marcus Davenport leaves. You lose a half sack. Oh, my God, what are you going to do? <laughs> so you bring in a guy that's got like 26 in him things over the course of the past two years and Isaiah Foskey. So they've done a good job of addressing things on paper, right? Here's the on That's paper. Right. Here it comes. And so now the biggest thing is, can you execute? And I think effectively when the Saints said, 
Pete Carmichael is the offensive coordinator again in 2023, making a change at quarterback and continuing to revamp literally the rest of the coaching staff almost, uh, that you effectively said that your issues on offense were execution based, not yeah. play calling, not, not strictly play calling based. There were clear things mm-hmm. in play calling, bad trends on second and 10, um, you know, not getting players out on the field in key game situations. Think back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. lead and stuff like that. If you dare, uh, <laughs> you know, all those things, but other than that, like they've addressed everything that they felt was an issue. And now you add in the fact that Dennis Allen's got his staff. He's got a DC that he trusts one DC, one voice, which is his now. And then you have a guy in Joe Woods, as opposed to three different guys kind of trying to do the same job here or some, some piece of the same job. You bring in a guy like Todd Grantham, who wants to help. The reason why they brought in Todd Grantham, that's another one to where they said, okay, we're weak against rushing quarterbacks or, or dual threat quarterbacks. Let's bring in somebody from the collegiate ranks who can create an attacking defensive line that has experience in stopping mobile quarterbacks in the SEC, Todd Grantham. That was the whole point of hiring him. So you've seen them say, okay, cause effect, cause <laughs> effect, cause effect. So yeah, I agree. There's no excuse if this doesn't work. And and even if the injury set in, like you mentioned, then at that point, you have to look at the, you gotta, you gotta pull a full Pelicans at that point. And say, okay, <laughs> oh, Lord. Going, the, the health staff, all of all, all this is like, you, ha- you would have to make that decision, but you have to, you have to see how 2023 goes there. So to me, this should be a team that wins its division. This should be a 10 win team. Uh, especially in a 17 game season and a weak schedule. That's either the weakest when you look at last year's win loss projection or win loss uh, rankings or second weakest schedule. When you look at the projected win loss rankings, <laughs> when it comes to teams. So no excuse at this point, especially with a talented roster that they have and a lot of leaders still on this roster. And you got your quarterback. That might be the biggest thing. Yeah. When, when, when they went after Deshaun Watson last year, and like you mentioned earlier, we, that, that conversation is a whole other thing, but when they didn't get him and then they fell back on Jameis Winston, the first thing that I said was, okay, that means Dennis Allen gets a second year, no matter, just about, no matter how poorly. <laughs> yeah. Inter- interesting thought. Yeah, no, you know what that, I mean? No, that's a good, that's a great point. And listen, the saints, other teams were kind of lukewarm on Derek Carr. You know, he, he, the jets were like, yeah, hey, you can win the super bowl. We're going to win on Aaron Rodgers, Carolina kind of, what, what a door. wild sentence. We think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but but, but, but we're gonna wait. You can you come Lord. to the Jets. You way to tell the, on yourself. You can win the Super Bowl <laughs> and be in the in Canton, but we're not gonna sign you. No, right. No, no. So, but and Dennis Allen, they made no bones about it nope. from the jump. They mm-hmm. were like, they were like, Derek Carr is the guy we want. They rolled out the carpet for him. So I think they're just joined at the hip. Yeah, but I'm gonna say this. I this year, I am so excited for this year, for you in particular. Locked on is just, it's incredible. And I just want thank you, man. I want you to tell the people like how gratif like how gratifying is it? You you've worked so hard at it, and and because not all like locked on is a great network, but they ain't all the same. And what you do with the Saints, it's so amazing. I feel like you and underhill the 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 way the saints are covered now is so incredible and you put it on i think you tweeted the other day you're like what off season in the ranking for, yeah. for, for locked on was like 20 up the 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 appetite for saints content it is insatiable like i was thinking that this year they didn't win last year first time in a while 
I was like, it's going to slow down a little bit. People aren't going to be uh-uh. like the, 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 the appetite for saints fans all around Ross for content is mm-hmm. incredible. And I just want you to speak on how proud you are of what locked on has become in your time where I think, but I think it's the, like, to me, it's you Underhill are like the flagship of like what is happening and you got you know us over here we're doing our bits and jokes and drinking and all but as far <laughs> as like information and actual media y'all are sort of the flagship but i just want to your own horn i want you to talk about like what you've built and locked on because i don't think people I think people, we just take it for granted. We're like, oh, we got Ross. He's, ama- he's amazing there. And he's turning out this, this incredible podcast. Like, talk about your journey just in Locked On and when you started and how you got it here before we get out of here. Yeah, I, I, gotta, I, I, I can't lay my own journey down without thanking Nick. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's other folks too. I mean, you know, but, but it's, I, I'll use Derek Carr's phrase that like, if, you know, if I went through and I named somebody, somebody would be upset that I didn't name mm. them. So I'm not gonna worry about it. But, <laughs> you know, you know, but like folks like him and, and, and Kat and Amy, who used to be here, who's now back home in Nebraska. And I'm so happy for her for that. I've just been so remarkably influential, but when I watched Nick leave and then come back and the way that he was received by the new Orleans saints fan base and the passion that he showed for the the city that he's not even from right right. like yeah but but it is his city right like that Mm -hmm. that's it's kind of the way that cam jordan talks about cam jordan talks about new orleans is his home even though he's not from here and so so and and that's the impact that new orleans has on you is that you don't have to be from here to be from here that's That's just not the way that it works once you just once you decide i'm from new orleans and you love it new orleans just loves you back that's That's it it. that's it you know what i mean and so so i watched what nick did and and nick has been so remarkably helpful and giving me advice and giving me feedback and helping me out and helping me understand how to operate within. I, I don't have any media training. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I didn't do any, I didn't go to college. I went to college for theater, Ralph. I have two <laughs> fake degrees, what? two very fake degrees. I, I, I want, a- <laughs> no, I want you to do, I want you to do like, you or is it like classic theater. Could you do like a locked on Shakespeare themed Saints podcast. I might, I, I pro, if I really sat down and instead of doing like film work for a couple of hours and I did iambic pentameter for a couple of hours, then yes, I, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm going to start a GoFundMe. We want Ross Jackson, Shakespeare, locked on Saints. Locked on, <laughs> locked on uh, Vow Saints. That's right. <laughs> Tell us what we need to do to make this happen. I will make, I will, I will use all my powers to make it happen, but, but keep, so, keep going. No, you're good. So I, it, but I had like started in, in like the performance side and then I moved over to the management side and I've done everything from, I stage managed uh, on Broadway, off Broadway, national tours, international, all this other stuff. And then I left all of it. And after 12 years of building a career, doing shows like Wicked and Book of Mormon mm-hmm. and, and Peter and the Starcatcher and stuff like that, and being a, a producing, you know, artistic, you know, uh, or, uh, what do you call, what do they call me? Artistic producer at like one of LA's and therefore the country's largest theaters. I, I left it to do this <laughs> and, and to come back home and to do this. And, and the reason why I had the courage to do that is because of Nick. Because mm-hmm. I watched Nick do it and I said, they'll take care of me. They'll love me because That's I right. love them. I don't have anything to lose here. 
And well, I did have stuff to lose here, but that's, that's personal, <laughs> it's personal life stuff. Uh, but you know, but then I, I was able to come back and, and do all that. And, and since I've been back home, like this podcast has just grown and grown and grown and grown because, uh, you know, the saints have been so accommodating to me. They've allowed me to be a part of everything going on as a fully credentialed media member and all these other things, which means I can give some information that I think matches my, my brand and things like that, where I can bring things to the table that I wasn't able to bring before. So I've only grown over the course of this time. And if it wasn't for people just making a decision to let me be 25 to 30 minutes of, of their day each day, I would never get that opportunity, which means for me, I have to provide the top notch thing that I can, the best, the best yeah. that I can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I try remarkably hard to do that, but I follow that example from a guy like Nick and and, and from from everybody else that's you know taking that. I mean, you guys have had me on several times, yeah. and and you guys have you know supported me and and everything. And like, I, I, if people are going to do that, I have to give my best. I want to give my best yeah. because of that. So I'm grateful for that. The podcast has grown. We've done so much. You know, I've continued to grow as a writer as well too. Mm -hmm. So my thing is that like wherever there are people, I want to bring them content. So that's why I've got a blue sky account, a spot. I got a thread, the th blue sky account. threads. Like, <laughs> hey, that's why I, just, I have all of it. You know? I need them to have a meeting and just tell me what's going to be, is Twitter going to make it or are we going to do a replacement? Tell us just where to go. Just be straight up. Yeah, just, just be, be straight, straight up. up. Just tell me where to go and, and I'll be fine. But yeah. my thing and final thing for me is I just believe that Saint, that's the, the Saints community, the podcast community, I think we're all great. We, we help each other. We should, we should, Saints should tweet, care, like, you know, yeah. just retweet stuff. But I think mostly is what Saints fans want is if you're authentic and yep. you, and, and, and they don't care if you are honest about Saints, but they want to know. And I think, especially for our podcast, they know we care about the Saints as much as they do. Exactly. And you do too. Yep. And listen, if the Saints stink we're gonna say it we're gonna be like this is not good when they went last year there's at moments we're like this is not good we haven't seen i remember this. <laughs> i remember opening a show right after the game and being like it's one thing for the new orleans saints to be bad it's another thing for them to be bad and boring we it's got right. all the living a land yeah for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it but, was bad last year man but that's what people want and they right. want tell the truth tell the truth and but the at, on the flip side though is once they know that, then I know they're like me, where I'm like, the Saints just stomp the Raiders out. I'm like, the drive today is going to be amazing. I get to listen to Ross. I get like to say, I am so excited <laughs> to listen to when they win. So I just, guys, you know, I, I can't thank you enough, Ross, for giving us time. And you've been amazing. And thank you. I can't, I cannot wait. Like, I think this year, is going to be so interesting. And I think it's going to be so much fun to cover this team yeah. and Derek. Carr. I just think this team, this team's got a lot of personality. I think Dennis Allen's kind of found his way more comfortable as a head coach. I think this, I, I think this year is going to be regular season is going to be on the level of fun of 2018 where yeah. you're going to have Jamal Williams, you're going to have that, Dan Jordan. And you're going to have- That's the big one for me, man. <laughs> you know, like, I just think there's going to be post-game shows where you had Ingram and Kamara doing their comedy routine and it was just a party. And we'll forget about, we won't right. talk about the ending. But I just think that's what 20, I just think they took, that's what 2023 is going to be. Yeah. And I can't wait, like, like locked on. I can't wait for, I can't wait for two-a-days, guys. You know where to find him, Locked on Saints. It's the number one Saints podcast in the world. 
Uh, Ross, thanks for joining us, guy. I appreciate it. Uh, tell people where, tell people, do you need to plug anything? Do you need to plug any social media accounts that you're trying to build because we're scared that Twitter is going to fade away? Do you need to plug any, do you need to plug anything before we get out of here? This is, this has become such a, such a task now, thanks oh, to Twitter. Like when the radio, you know, when you do a radio hit and they're like, all right, well, tell us where to find your stuff. You're like, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so here's what I did. If there's a social media platform, Ross Jackson Nola is on it. There you go. It's all brand aligned. You know, it's the same profile picture on every single account. <laughs> there you it's go. The same handle on every account, and everything is going on there. But most of all, man, I, I really hope that you know people continue to to head over to the Patreon and support these guys, support Saints Happy Hour, support Andrew, support Ralph, support the team because y'all are incredible and have been you know massive supporters and just remarkably kind to me for like no reason at all. <laughs> and I'm so, so, so grateful for you guys. So, so beyond anything having to do with any of my, my stuff, you're here, continue to support these guys. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell I'm telling you this, we're trying to plan a live show. We got a venue. We're going to have tickets and we're going to do it sometime during the year. I'm going to rope Dope. you. I'm going to rope you in and you're oh, going to go. I'm we're going to, we're going to do what we did. It. We did a live event last year and it was ridiculous. We're doing it again, but guys, Thanks for joining us. Find Ross Jackson wherever you get your social media. Uh, you know where he is. He's Locked on Saints. And I'm Ralph Marlboro. Thanks for joining us. Support Ross. Support us. SaintsHappyHour.com. And until next time, the bar is closed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.